Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Can I encourage you to turn with me to Daniel chapter 1 verse 8? Uh, and uh, we're going to start reading. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? If you're taking down notes, maybe I'll give you the, the title later after we read this. Okay, but Daniel purpose in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine with which he drank, the king drank. Therefore, he requested for the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And of course, if you read on, Daniel actually requested just to have vegetables and water. That's it. Just vegetables and water and tests him and his friends out. And of course, by the end of a certain period, they were found to be healthier, fitter. In fact, the Word of God says fatter. Wow, you can eat, you can grow fat by eating vegetables. Fatter uh, than those that have been drinking uh, the alcohol and eating the meat. And I encourage you, go back, study the life of Daniel. If you're looking for a new book to read in the start of the year for your devotional life, you know, if you've, if you've never had a devotional life, start with the Gospels. <laughs> uh, but if you finish the Gospels, why don't you uh, go to Daniel uh, and uh, study the life of Daniel. And we will do this together as a church, week by week. But how many know that it takes courage to be a foreigner in the land uh, who is someone in captivity? Because if you read the 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 background of Daniel was that Israel had been conquered. Some of the young men have been human trafficked uh, to serve in King Nebuchadnezzar's courts and they will be trained for three years in the language of the Chaldeans, in the arts and crafts and so that after the three years they could be used um, as part of the king's wise council. And part of that privilege or imprisonment, depending how you look at it, comes all the feeding of the king's delicacies. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself this way. And, and he wasn't asking because he had an allergy. He wasn't trying to be difficult. You know, have, have you met some difficult people before? You know, who, who, who don't really have an allergy, and, uh, but declare that they have an allergy? Maybe this is just therapy for me. You know, sometimes you're organizing you no know, church events and then they go like, um, sorry, no gluten, please. And then you're like, are, are you allergic to gluten? No, I just don't like gluten. Daniel wasn't trying to be picky. Daniel wasn't trying to go to the unit and go like, um, excuse me, I can't have gluten. I'm allergic to peanuts. Uh, I'm actually vegan by choice because it's veganary, veganuary, and try to save some money. No, no, no. His motivation to be different, his courage to ask for an exception wasn't based on his preference, it was based on holiness. And so while today I want to talk to us about courage, how many of you need courage for this new year? Amen? Courage for that new job that you just got, courage for that new year, your final year, courage for that interview, courage to believe, courage to pray, courage to prophesy, courage to claim, courage to serve. But when you know that courage comes from holiness. And so today, the message, the title to this message is called Holy Courage. Because in the world that we live in today, there's different types of courage. Dutch courage, 
Isn't it so sad? Like, is it, we should stop saying that, you know? Not all Dutch people drink. So it's unfair to just say, you know, generalize an entire nation for that one silly act. But it's a saying. It's a saying. Oh, Dutch courage or, or that and this or that. But today we want to talk about holy courage. And I want to help us to understand that Daniel was able to be bold not because he was born bold. A lot of us, we think that, oh, courage is something that comes easier for some people because they are more outspoken, because they have, you know, a certain type of 16 personality type, I don't know what, A, aggressive. And so it's easier for them to be more courageous. Uh, he's so such an extrovert, so it's easy. He's, his upbringing is more this or more that, so he's more courageous. Went to international school, so more courageous. No, courage doesn't come from our upbringing. Courage doesn't come from our personality. Courage doesn't come from our past. Courage comes from our identity. Specifically, our identity in God. And so today, while I want us to discover how to be courageous, what I really want us to learn today is what it means to be holy. I know the room immediately went silent because I know this is not an easy topic. I know I'm meditating upon this and God says, I want you to teach my people about holiness. I'll be like... God, it's going to be the most quiet service ever. But God says that, but that's not what holiness means. A lot of us, when we think of holiness, immediately our, our eyes look down. We think of holy as a state that we can never achieve. In fact, sometimes even among Christians, we use holy as a, as a, as a you know, derogatory word, you know, as a slight insult. Right? You know, so you go to your friend and then you go like, wow, the whole of 2019, you only listen to Christian songs on Spotify. Wow, so holy. Wow, you're, you only listen to X Church UK podcasts. Wow, first of all, thank you. But secondly, wow, so holy. Oh, what, you, you, you never watch movies that, you know, use the word Jesus in vain? Wow, so holy. Have you been there before? And for far too long, the enemy have even tricked us to hate the word. And we think that holy is just this boring thing, isn't it? Come on, be honest. You know, along the way, we've been tricked to thinking holiness equals boring. And that's why some people go, oh, what are we going to do in heaven? And even the cartoons have, have painted a boring picture of heaven. Just people in white gowns with a halo, everybody with his own cloud strumming. I don't know about you, but I want you to know, that's not what heaven is like. I, I ain't giving my life to Jesus so that I can have my own cloud and wear a white gown and strum a, a harp for the rest of eternity. No way, man. And because of that, we think that all oh, holiness is boring. We think that holiness means no fun, right? And then we use it as, our, oh, hey, come on, let's go have fun. And go, no, no, I don't feel like going out tonight. Ooh, so holy. Oh, my, my friend, oh, what are you trying to do? Oh, but I want you to know that holiness is not about being better. Holiness is not about, you know, no fun. In fact, if you begin to understand holiness, out of it will come courage. Out of it will come courage. You see, Daniel was courageous because as God's people, as a nation of Israel, they have been indoctrinated since the beginning of their nation. Their holiness is tied to their identity. 
But before we can also tie our identity back to holiness, let us go a little bit deeper to understand what holiness is. Let's go, first of all, to the first time the word holy is mentioned. And hopefully this will give us a better idea. Now, do you know that actually the first time holy was mentioned uh, is the Exodus? So I want you to, we're going to go through some scripture today. Is it okay? Yeah, don't go silent on me. You know, some, sometimes you, you guys say, Pastor, we only go deep. And then when I go deep, we go silent. Exodus 3.5. Here we go. Exodus chapter 3, verse 5. This is a, a verse that we are familiar with. Then he said, God said to Moses, Do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. And so the first time the word holy was mentioned was talking about ground. It's not talking about God. In fact, if you want to go back even further, actually, you know, it's, it's not exactly the first mention in the Bible. We have this rule of first mention, the first time the certain word is used. Uh, but holy, depending, if you use the KJV, the King James Version, uh, or the New King James Version, which I use, uh, actually in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, um, it says of God, declaring the Sabbath, the, the, the day of rest, as holy. But in the King James Version, it says, and, and God sanctified that day. But if you read the NIV Version, it says that in God made that day holy. Uh, so that's also another throwback. So the, the first few times holiness was mentioned, it was about a day, it was about the ground. In other words, the, the word holy uh, in Hebrew is pronounced kadosh. And he actually means this, not to be better, not to be stainless, not to be pure, but it means this, and I pray that this will set you free, to be set apart for a special purpose. To be set apart. What does being holy mean? To be set apart. Does it mean that I'm better? No. To be set apart. Does it mean that a holy means I never sit? To be set apart. For a special, not boring, special purpose. God was saying that this, uh, wait a second, this ground has been set apart. So take off your sandals before you step on. It's, this ground is set apart for a special purpose and that purpose is for us to meet. This day of rest that I've given you is meant to be set apart. Don't fill it with all your other days. Don't work on that day. Don't do other things. Set it apart for a special purpose. To connect with God. To connect with your loved ones. Set it apart. In fact, God again, and the only time it was finally attributed to God is found in Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. So this is the first time holiness was attributed to God. You know, how many are glad that we serve a humble God? Even though He's holy, He never went around bragging, hey, do you know I'm holy? Do you know I'm holy? That's a sign of an insecure person. You know, do you know I'm rich? Do you know I'm rich? You know, that's why, you know, recently I, I, I heard someone say that all the people are showing on Instagram how rich they are are actually poor because rich people don't show off. And so God, who is truly holy, He doesn't show off. And finally, Moses got it after interaction with, 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 with him. After seeing God's nature, after seeing uh, God's consuming fire, he says this, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? And so again, this is glorious in, 
in setting people apart. God, you are glorious. You are in the business of setting people apart for special purposes. Who am I? I'm just, I'm just a kid. I'm just the sole survivor of a generational genocide. Who am I? I, 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 I ran to Egypt. Who am I? I? I tried to make a difference, but I end up killing a man. And yet, God, you set me apart for a special purpose. To, to, I'm a stuttering idiot, God, but you set me apart. Moses understood. Who are we as a people? We are slaves. If you are God most high, you would, you would choose the most talented bunch of people, wouldn't you? You know, if, if you were God, you would go like, you know, I only want a nation of geniuses. Or is it genius side? I don't know how, what's the plural. And then you begin to go like, only, you know, if you can understand this riddle, then you can become my nation. But what God would choose a people that have been enslaved for 300 years to be called His people? You see, God's not looking for perfection. God's in the business of setting apart. And because we are set apart for a special purpose, holiness becomes this whole different thing. You know, it's not an adjective. It's a state of being. Do you understand? You know, don't judge me. Recently, I've been watching BBC's Dracula. And... Uh, and then so, you know, of course, in all folktale of fighting any forces of evil, you need holy this, holy that, you know. Uh, holy water, holy bullets, holy... That's not what holiness is. Holiness is not because it's been dipped in something. Holiness is not because somebody said some words over it. Holiness is because God set you apart. Can you imagine when we begin to allow that, and I pray that, you know, it might, this might fly over your head right now, but I pray that eventually it will land and, and, and it will land this week when you need that courage the most and then you'll be like, why am I so afraid? You know, what's stopping me from applying for that job? Oh, you're not good enough. If God set me apart, how am I not good enough? I'm not pretty enough. If God set me apart, how can I not be pretty enough? If I'm pretty enough for God, if I'm precious enough for God, why do I care what other people think? And so, I want to give us three points on what holiness is. And when we begin to understand and begin, I hope, love holiness, out of that will birth our courage. Courage to pray. Courage to prophesy. Courage to share the gospel. Amen? And so, point number one is this. Holiness is my identity in God. Write this down because you will get it, no, hopefully by the end of today's service or later this week. But holiness is not about being better. Holiness is not about being untouched. Holiness is about being set apart for a special purpose. So when God says that, you know, He has made us holy and that's what Jesus came to do, Jesus came to die on the cross, not to start a religion. Jesus came to die on the cross. If He just wanted to start a teaching movement, He would just taught. But because He wanted to make us holy, He died on that cross. And His death, that blood, washed us of every sin. We're not just washed with the clearest spring water from, I don't know which Alps mountaintop, Avion, no, we are washed with the blood of the Lamb. It took nothing less than God's own divine fluid 
to wash us and make us clean. And when we do that, it's not just about now that you're clean, it says now that you're mine. Now that I've anointed you, now that I've purchased you with my blood, you belong to me. But not for a boring purpose, but for a special purpose. So can you imagine when you begin to walk around, understanding that, you know what? You know, maybe some of you here, you've got exams on Monday. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you think, oh, I need more courage. And you think that your courage, if only you studied more, that's what you're saying, that your courage or your state of bravery is dependent upon how much you study. I'm telling you, your state of courage is dependent on your identity in God. And so don't let holiness be a boring word. Don't let holiness be a dirty word. You know, let holiness become your new desire. Oh, wow, I understand now. You know, I, just, I, I'm, I'm, holiness is my identity with God. I'm holy because God is holy. Because He has made me His people. And out of that, I can pray. Out of that, I can declare. The first time, I, I'm sharing this from my heart, the first time I boldly prayed for someone's healing, since then, I've boldly declared God's healing, but the first time, the first time I did it was, I still remember the exact year. It was 2005. It was around November 2005. Um, before that, did I believe that God can heal? Yes. That I pray that God can heal, I will pray for God's will to be done because it feels like that's a safer option. You know, if there was anointed evangelist, I'll be brave enough to push my friend out to be prayed for. But I still remember one day I was at a prayer meeting and there was a need. Please pray for so-and-so's dad who is right now um, in a lot of trouble. And so this church member, uh, this other campus student, uh, what had happened was the dad uh, has a heart condition and the doctors say that you need to operate, otherwise you're going to go any day now. But you have also have, uh, you know, liver failure over a, a long life of, you know, drinking irresponsibly. And on top of that, you have diabetes. And so even though operation is the right thing to do because of your other conditions, we're not even sure if we should cut you up. Because you might not even survive an incision because you're, 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 you're diabetic and then you're, you're, you have liver issues and then you have heart issues. And so I was just there praying. God, would you heal? God, would you heal? And then God says that, do, do you know who I am? And I go like, yeah, you're Jesus. No, no, do you know my nature? Do you know? Identity is about really knowing. And God says, do you know that I'm a good God? Do you know that I love this person's father more than she loves her own father? Do you know that you don't ever need to doubt whether I want to heal or not? Because my promises are always yes and amen. And when we begin to have that, I'm like, wow, God, I get it now. And then I go like, but, but God, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just me. I'm just, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a prophet. I'm not anointed. What do you want me to do? I want you to march over there and declare by faith and pray and declare specific healing that this young girl's dad won't even need to go through the knife to be healed. And go like, God, that those are quite big things. Can you give somebody else 
the pastor Kenneth is standing right there, you know, like he can hear you too. And God says, no, because it's, if you understand your identity in me, then you understand that you can do all things. If you understand your identity in Christ, then you understand that healing is not just limited to the healing evangelist, that evangelism is not just limited to the evangelist, that prophecy is not limited to the prophet. Do you understand, church? And so at that moment, I go like, yes, God, I understand now. God says, I want you to boldly declare that the person's dad will be healed. Walk over there. I say, sister, I don't know you because I had just come back from UK and I'm um, just freshly graduated. I'm just a, just a year ahead of this girl. I say that, but I just want you to know in the name of Jesus, God will heal your dad. I want you to know that your dad will be healed. Long story short, a few days later, the dad, the doctors decided, you know what, we're going to risk it all. It's going to be high risk, but we're going to operate. But you know, before operating, why don't we bring you in for one last scan? And then as they went in for that one last CT scan, they discovered that there's no longer any blockages in the heart. And doctors did another scan just to make sure. And then they did some other tests and realized that, wait a second, we wanted to open up because of your valve and all this, but it looks like nothing. Everything's clear. Everything's clear. Now, of course, the girl was like, oh, wow, praise God and stuff like that. And while she got her testimony, I got my testimony. And not just a testimony, I, I got courageous. Because my courage now, are you, Pastor, are you now more courageous to pray because you have had a good healing track record? No. No. I ain't healed no one. I'm, no, I'm not a doctor. I can't heal, but my God can. And so my courage to pray for someone is not linked to my identity as a doctor or not a doctor, learned or not learned, young or old, one-year-old Christian or 10-year-old Christian. It's tied to my identity in Christ because I've been set apart for a special purpose. Jesus' declaration that God has set me to preach good news to all. So if that is what Jesus has done, then we have been set apart for that special purpose, to go into the world and make disciples and to declare God's kingdom come. That is our identity. So I want to speak over you. You are more than a student. Tell your neighbour you're more than a student. Then turn to the one that's working and says, you're more than just an employee. You're more than just a job. You're more than just a paycheck. You have been set apart for a special purpose. Amen? And out of that, pray. Out of that, stand. Daniel was able to stand and demand that I will eat differently. I will act differently. I will live differently. Not because he was a citizen. He wasn't a citizen. He had no right. He wasn't royalty in that household. He had no right. His right was not built on his own achievements. It's not built on his good looks. It's built on his identity in God. Understanding that holiness is my identity. I'm not Israeli. I'm holy. I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm not rich. I'm holy. I'm not poor. I'm holy. I'm not from a broken family. I'm holy. Called by God now, set apart for a special purpose. And maybe that special purpose is to bring healing to people all around me, my family included. Amen, church? 
The second thing you got to understand about holiness is this. Holiness is our authority in God. Not only is holiness our identity. So from now onwards, I pray that you would desire to live different. Not because the Bible tells me so, but because that's who you are. Jesus didn't die for you so that you can be the same. Jesus died for all of us so that we can be set free, born again, be more courageous. You were not born courageous, but now that you've been born again, be courageous. Because holiness, being set apart, is your identity. But being set apart is also where your authority comes from. Because it says here, set apart for a special purpose. That purpose is to please God. In other words, holiness, and this bonus point, is also unity with God. And unity is a powerful word. Don't ever forget that that's the crux of what the Christian faith is about. That God so loved the world that He wanted to save it. He wanted to restore man's relationship with God. Once we were fractured and broken, God wanted to unite us back with God again. Unity. Even the God we serve, in fact, unity is, can be one of the most holy words in Christianity because even the God we serve, they exemplify unity. They are Trinity. Three but one. Wait a second, are they three or one? They are three but one. How are they one? Because they're united. So do we serve three gods or one God? One God. But how can it be three but one? Because they're united. I've never seen that kind of unity. Exactly, because it's a heavenly unity. And the closest thing, the closest thing we've seen is, is a very committed uh, uh, marriage where we will see that kind of unity. You know, for example, that's why sometimes we, we talk about Gareth and, 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 and Gareth. There, there you go again. That's what I mean. We talk about Gareth and Kareen, but, but they're always together, always doing things together that sometimes, you know, they RSVP together that after a while, we, we merge their names. Instead of Gareth and Kareen, sometimes I call them Gareth and Kareen. Because they're united. But God's even more united than that. And in that unity with God comes our authority. Can you imagine when you're so united? Like, like, like you know, those of us who are married, write this down, one day you'll be married, you understand. When it comes unity, comes authority. You know, so sometimes what happens, and you see this, even in, uh, with, with Pastor Ken and myself. So sometimes, like you really want to talk to the pastors, right? You don't need to come to both of us. You can go to Pastor Cat, and you can either make an appointment and you can go like, can I, can I, no, no, can I, can I, uh, can I catch up with you? And uh, that's what I mean by make an appointment. Not to say you have to make an appointment to see us, but hey, can I, uh, can, can I, can I catch up? Can I have dinner with, with you and, and, and Pastor Dave? And, and she can say, yeah, sure. And then she comes and tells me, and I never go like, how dare you, woman? <laughs> like, like what, what's, you just say yes? You just say yes without consulting me? Mwah? How, how dare you presume that I will want to have dinner? No, 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 but because we're united, we're having dinner with, you know, the new people in church. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, we're, we're doing this. Yeah, sure. Oh, I bought something. Yeah, sure. Never need to go like, how dare you? Don't you know that that's my money you're touching? No, because when you're married, when you're in unity, 
That's why we call marriage a union. The world calls it a piece of paper. We call it a holy matrimony, a holy union, a holy unity. Not a piece of paper, not a formality. And out of that unity, really, you know, we always say, no, it's fine. Your money is, is my money. And, and, and Pastor Cat means this. Many times I ask her, I say, hey, you know, your high-earning lawyer, I'm just, you know, servant of God. So monetarily, do you ever, and sometimes as couples who have honest conversations, do, do you ever feel it that your husband doesn't earn as much as your other, maybe your other friends, their husbands earn more? And Pastor Cat, out of unity, will always say, no. Because your money is my money. It's no such thing as you earn more than me. So if that's earthly unity, what about heavenly unity? So, so how does that link back to courage? Do you think God will be offended when you begin to declare healing? Holy Spirit, go, how dare you go around declaring to your office friends that in my name, you know, it's my name, right? How dare you use my name to, to simply heal your friends who... No, no, no. Because when you're united with God, what is God belongs to us. Authority is now ours on earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? No. I haven't been to heaven, but I can guarantee you no sickness in heaven. No white gowns as well. <laughs> okay, maybe there are. Wear them only if you want to, if you're into that. If you're not, anyway, disregard this part. But on earth as it is in heaven... And because of that, I know I have authority. Why? Because you went for prophet training school? No. Because you went to seminary? No. Because uh, someone anointed you? No. Because I'm a believer. I'm a believer who's been made holy. A believer who made holy doesn't mean made better, made more snooty, made more, I don't know, whatever. But no, I'm just a believer. I'm just a poor boy. I'm just a sinner that has been set apart for a special purpose. And that special purpose includes calling down on earth as it is in heaven. And that's why we're brave. That's why we're bold. Because of our unity with God. And out of that unity comes authority. Comes authority to cast out things that ought to be cast out. To declare healing over things that need to declare healing. To declare increase over things that should increase. And to declare decrease over things that should be decreased. The Bible says that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound. Whatever you loose shall be loose. That's what holiness is. Do you see how we've been deceived? We think that, oh no, I don't want that. Uh, recently, I read an Instagram post and sometimes we do this. We pick and choose what we want about Jesus. So I read an <laughs> Instagram story. I was tempted to reply, but I didn't. This year, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to hang out more with sinners. Nothing wrong with that. I want to upset the religious people. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I want to sleep on a boat. But do you know my Jesus came more than just to sleep on a boat? He came more than just to upset religious people. He came more than just to be friends with sinners. Don't get me wrong. We are meant to 
be in the world but not of the world, but be in it. Break bread, eat people, love your neighbor, love your enemies. We're not called to judge, don't get me wrong, but we've also been called to be united with the Most High King and to bring heaven to earth. And so out of that unity, I pray that there will be more courage to dispense the authority of heaven. Amen? So this is what I want because it's not, I'm not saying that, oh, look at your pastor. I'm saying that you have this courage too. So the next time, today we just pray to release someone to go into the working world. But you know, in the working world, in the marketplace, there's going to be a lot of challenges. You're going to be like Daniel. They're going to be eating stuff that you don't eat. Not talking about actual stuff, but you know what I'm saying. Consuming things that you don't consume. Using a language that you know doesn't please God. Uh, having values that are different to the, the, the things of God. What do we do? Do we therefore just blend in? No. Don't be afraid to be set apart, but not in a way that's snooty, but to God, I, I can do this. I can be set apart and I will not miss out. A lot of us, we compromise because we don't want to miss out, but God says that you don't need to compromise and you still won't miss out. And have faith. Understand the holiness is our authority in God. Holiness is unity with God. And last but not least, and I'll bring us back. Not only is holiness all this, but holiness is also our responsibility to God. That's point number three. It's our identity. It's where our authority comes from, which is based on our unity. But it's also our responsibility. And I want to help us to discover what it means by to be holy. Because again, many times we, 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 we feel like we're not holy enough. We're not holy to pray. We're not holy. We don't, we're not living in, in, in the right way. But I want you to know that holiness is something that God wants us to upkeep. And it is an upkeep. It's not a state of being. A lot of us think that, oh, Jesus saved me and, and He made me holy. But, but after that, you know, maybe I, after I stumble and fall, I'm no longer as pristine as that one moment I first met Christ. No, no, no. Holiness has never been about being perfect and non-fallible. Holiness is about getting better and better and better. Holiness is a progress. Write it down. Holiness is a progress. And holiness is a process. So don't give up on holiness because it's your responsibility to God. Holiness is a gift that God gave us and then the upkeeping is our responsibility. Let's go to some scripture and from these, I think it speaks for itself and then we'll come back to courage. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So is, is holiness this unattainable? No, it's something that we can perfect. It's something that we can perfect. Do you understand the word perfect? Have you met people who cook before? You know, maybe the espresso team's cooking and then they go like, taste this, pastor. I'm like, oh, wow, tastes like strawberries. Really? We're trying to make something else. <laughs> um, it's okay. We're still perfecting the recipe. Huh? You heard that before? We're still perfecting the recipe. Try this cheesecake. Oh, it tastes cheesy, but not cheesy enough. Really? All right. Give us some time to perfect the recipe. Have you 
ever been angry when someone says, I'm perfecting the recipe? You know, you're someone who cook and I make egg tarts. Oh, oh, it's a bit squishy. Oh, sorry, I'm still perfecting the recipe. How dare you bring something before me that's not perfected? No, no, no. You go like, oh, thank you so much for, for even willing to one thing to perfect the recipe. In fact, I think it's, it's really good. No, no, it's, it's still not quite there yet. I want to perfect it. I want to perfect it. And, and that's the same motivation that God is saying, would you now that you're saved, now that you're saved, perfect it. Perfect it. I know there will be days where it's not easy. And that's why this, this is all New Testament. All the three scriptures I will give you are all New Testament. That means it's after Jesus. So even after Jesus, we still need to work on our holiness. So don't feel bad about yourself. Right? If the apostles had to teach the early church, we've got to learn it too. Alright? So therefore, having these promises... Prophetically, it's like what we're talking today. Having these authority, having understanding that we are, we're set apart for a, a special purpose, knowing that we can proclaim healing, knowing that we can heal the sick, knowing that we can cast out demons, knowing all these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit. Which means that sometimes we get it wrong with the things we do, and sometimes it's our spirit, our attitude. So that's why holiness has never been about self-righteousness because that's a wrong attitude. Holiness has never been about looking down at other people who are not quite there yet, not quite healed yet, not quite free yet. It's never been about that because we've got to watch our spirit and perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen? Do you understand? Let's go to another scripture. 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 to 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And again, this is Peter who knew Jesus telling other people, Peter who after knowing Jesus still messed up is literally preaching from his life story. Therefore now, just as how He's called us, let's be holy. Let's, let's try our best. And you know me. You know who you're, who's asking you to do this, Peter. So if you deny Christ, pick yourself up again. If you chop off someone's ear, pick yourself up again. If you ran away, pick yourself up again. If you walked on water and you sank, pick yourself up again. And, and strive towards holiness because He who called us is holy. And it's to be holy in all our conduct. In other words, to be set apart. See, we think holy, it means, oh no, I can only listen to Christian music from now on, Christian, watch Christian movies. No, 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 it's to be set apart in all our conduct. So now, before you talk, before you say something, remember again, you've been set apart. Before you do something, remember, you've been set apart. The next time you tithe and your flesh wrestles against it, remember, I've been set apart. My finances have been set apart. Next time, you know, you're Pastor challenges you to serve another weekend and you go like, but I've been serving every weekend. Remember, you've been set apart. Amen? One more verse and then we'll close. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 to 16. Again, in the New Testament, in the early church, after the work on the cross, after the grace of God, 
Holiness is a process. Holiness is a progress. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Feels like it's written today. (laughs) No, it's been written. The world has been crooked and perverse for many generations. But as you do it, the Word of God says, among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I may ha- that I have not run in vain or labored in vain so our setting apart our holy living is not to condemn people but it's to be a light that guides people to Christ certain versions of the bible says that that we are like stars in this world as you hold fast to the word of life, as you hold fast to God's ways, His holiness, as you make God your identity, as you desire holiness, as you step out to courageously pray what you're doing, you're not trying to be different for different sake, but you are becoming like a light that draws people to God. And this is why I believe God wants us to build our courage on this year. Be courageous. Because every step of faith that you take is a light that draws people out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Make holiness being set apart for a special purpose, your identity in God. And tell yourself this, that where God placed you is where you need to be. Because He set you apart for a special purpose. You're not in the wrong job You're not in the wrong company. God will move you when He moves you. But until then, don't wrestle, don't struggle, but be courageous to bless. Be courageous to love. Be courageous. Because holiness is also where our authority comes from. And out of that holiness, we are able to be courageous. To pray, to speak up, not because we've gone to the best universities, but because we have been set apart. Amen? So whatever you need, and we need courage for different things, don't we? We need courage for interview. We need courage to believe God for healing. We need courage to walk out by faith. We need courage to start serving. We need courage to keep staying in God. We need courage to even give up things we need to give up. So the next time, don't go like, oh, holiness, oh. Holiness equals not fun. No, holiness equals being set apart. So when God challenges you to give up something that's wrong, something that doesn't please Him, it's not to kill the fun in your life. It's so that you can be set apart for a special purpose. Because that thing, even though it sounds fun, that thing, even though it satisfies you for now, is actually robbing you from God's special purpose. See, when you begin to understand this, it's easy to let go. Because what, you become more brave now? No, because I realize now that holiness is not what I believe all this while. And let this teaching be an encouragement. Like I said earlier on, it's a holiness, it's a process, it's a progress. And so I know we're talking to people from all walks of life in this room. And by no means am I saying that, oh, no, you got to be one with God and, and it's okay to struggle with that. It's okay. Because the Bible says, perfect it. 
and this is what I want you to perfect as well. Be courageous to keep coming to church. Even when you don't feel like it. Because many times we don't feel like it. Oh, I don't feel I've done something wrong. I don't think I can come. Or if, if only people around me knew who I really am, they won't love me as I... No, no, no. Keep coming. And allow the presence of God to perfect your holiness. And you might be struggling. You might be struggling with something. But I declare as you come week by week, God will set you free and more free and more free. Whatever addiction, whatever depression, whatever life-controlling issues you can be struggling with, God can set you free. Just be found in the house of God. This is an incubator and God will birth you into a new life in Him. You might feel like an egg right now, but if you sit in the incubator long enough, life will come out. You might feel like I'm just a seed right now, but you will plant yourself in an incubator, in a nursery, you know, things will sprout out. New life will come about. So keep coming. Amen? And, and then as you keep coming, your identity becomes more firm and out of that identity, not only holiness that pleases God, but authority and courage. Let's pray. Lord, I declare your courage over everyone here. Lord, in the new year, we have many new ideas, new plans, new hopes, new dreams, and they're all good. But Lord, we submit all of them before you and says, God, help us to forget more than uh, anything else, Lord. Help us to forget things that don't please you. And help us, Lord, to root ourselves, Lord, in our identity in you. Help us, Lord, to this year, Lord, be like Daniel. Desire holiness above all else. Help us to forget things that holiness doesn't represent. Uh, the wrong teachings about holiness, but Lord, help us to right now put on the mind of Christ and begin to understand, God, you came to seek and save the lost. You came to set us apart. Not because we're better, but to set us apart for your special purpose and help us to be bold in that special purpose, in that special assignment. So I declare, friends, your workplace, that's your assignment. And where you're studying, that's your assignment. Where you're living, that's your assignment. Be bold and courageous and live for Christ and glorify Him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.